Hello and welcome to another episode of the Microbiome Research X podcast. I'm Adar Sandu, an editor of the MRX website that features the latest news, views and research highlights on the microbiome in Japan and globally. Our guest today is Aram Blesha, the 2021 Grand Prize winner of the NOSTA and Science Microbiome Prize for his work in illuminating the relationship between the microbiome and neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's disease. He's currently a senior postdoctoral fellow in the laboratory of Katrin Andreessen in the Department of Neurology at Stanford University School of Medicine, where he's studying the function of the gut-brain axis in aging and neurological diseases. Details about Aaron's prize-winning essay and his research can be found on the MRX website. So Aaron, thank you for joining us today and congratulations on being awarded the 2021 Noster Science Microbiome Prize. I mean, it's, it's an enormous uh, honor. I'm, I'm really grateful to Noster and Science and I, I hope uh, it will uh, support my future studies in the field. I have many, many future plans that I hope to share some of them uh, with you and the audience today. And this is a great platform both to present my, my view of things and to potentially establish more uh, collaborations to follow up in the future. So uh, it's, it's a great, great uh, uh, opportunity for me as a, as a young scientist. So can I start by asking you to let us have some background to your research and also perhaps some insights as, as to why you decided to work on the microbiome? Yeah, so I, I'm uh, a neurobiologist. It's uh, quite far uh, from my comfort zone. So I will briefly discuss uh, and describe uh, my path, my scientific path, and the point where I, I understand uh, that, that the microbiome uh, may be a very uh, significant and powerful tool uh, to boost my, my questions and, uh, and research. So I conducted my PhD uh, under the Dean's List Honor uh, Direct PhD program uh, for outstanding students uh, of Tel Aviv University in Israel, supervised by uh, Professor Reuven Stein uh, from Neurobiology Department. And I study uh, the role of an enzyme called CD38 in, uh, in brain pathologies. And CD38 uh, is an enzyme that metabolizes a molecule called nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, NAD, and leads to activations, uh, activation of brain immune cells. And since these cells are implicated in many brain pathologies, we hypothesize that inhibiting CD38 and, and consequent immune activation and inflammation could be served as a potential therapy. And I identified the novel CD38 inhibitor and indeed show that targeting CD38 may be used as a therapeutic approach against brain tumors and Alzheimer's disease. And when, when I graduated my PhD, I was fascinated by the question, why after this very long time of studying uh, neurodegenerative diseases, we still cannot explain the reason for, for them? and why uh, certain people will be more prone to develop, for example, Alzheimer's, ALS, and uh, Parkinson's disease more than others. And by then, uh, genetic studies are now able to explain 
approximately five to 20% of, of the cases of these diseases. But, but what about the others? Uh, is it reasonable that it is, it is reasonable that environmental factors, uh, uh, which are yet fully understood, affect uh, the predisposition to uh, neurodegenerative diseases and maybe also uh, the progression of these diseases. And at, at the time, uh, I started reading about the microbiome and had a very strong feeling that studying gut bacteria might shed light on metabolic processes that may be involved in neurodegeneration. And it makes sense uh, in light of the fact that the gut is the biggest reservoir of immune cells in the body, where most of the metabolic uh, interface with the environment, uh, such as nutrition and bacterial products, uh, takes place. And then I joined the, uh, one of the best uh, microbiome labs in the world, the lab of uh, Professor Aaron Elinav at the Weizmann Institute of Science, uh, also in Israel, and uh, proposed to study uh, the role of gut bacteria in uh, neurological disorders, specifically in ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And Iran was very supportive. And together with, with uh, an amazing group of uh, researchers uh, from the Elinav lab, uh, computational experts from Iran Segal's lab, also in the Weizmann's, and clinicians from, from the ALS clinic headed by uh, Dr. Mark Watkin at, at Hadassah Hospital in Jerusalem, we were able to discover uh, that the gut microbiome of ALS mouse model is significantly different than these of healthy littermate mice. And, and ALS, uh, uh, just a quick uh, uh, introduction, is, is a motor neuron disease and from yet unknown reasons, only the motor neurons in the brain and spinal cord start to degenerate and die gradually. And the patients eventually become uh, paralyzed and die uh, of complications after two to five years uh, from diagnosis. And we identified specific strains of bacteria that correlated uh, in their abundances with ALS symptoms in these mice um, as the disease progresses and then uh, uh, grew these specific bacterial candidates in the lab in special conditions and treated back ALS mice that were pre-treated with antibiotics for a long period of time with these monocultures. And we found that one strain ameliorated ALS symptoms uh, in these mice and prolonged this survival. And the, this bacterium called Acromancia mucinifila and by other means, such as metabolomics and metagenomics, we discovered that acromancy is able to secrete a neuroprotective metabolite called nicotinamide, and potentially uh, uh, that potentially being absorbed to the bloodstream and reaches the brain, where it can uh, protect motor neurons from dying. And uh, treating ALS mice with with this nicotinamide also improved significantly uh, their ALS symptoms. We also show that nicotinamide levels were significantly lower in the serum and cerebral spinal fluid of ALS patients, uh, human patients, compared to healthy family members that basically share the same environment. And both the composition and function of the microbiome of human patients were also significantly different from spouses. Um, so what triggered me the most was the the beautiful idea that the microbiome can be uh, 
uh, a representative mean to measure the host metabolic changes and potentially explain the reasons, uh, the environmental reasons for, for these diseases. And what are your major goals and objectives um, as you dig deeper into the, the mysteries of the microbiome? Um, so I'm interested in the microbiome as a biosensor, we can say, uh, for metabolic state of the host. And in, in many neurological diseases, some metabolic pathways are affected and maybe even used as therapeutic uh, targets to treat these diseases, hopefully. And we know now to identify shifts in the microbiome, uh, both composition and function, and to identify specific pathways and molecules uh, that might be involved in these pathological conditions by studying the microbiome changes uh, across time in disease models or patients comparing to healthy controls. And I think this is the, the main theme or the, the biggest uh, uh, goal of my, of my study. That's very interesting. I've never thought of the microbiome as a biosensor. And what approaches, methodology are you using to achieve your goals? Are there any unique aspects of what you do? Yeah, so I'm, I'm now using ways to inhibit the activity of uh, the nerves that connect the gut and the brain uh, in order to study the role in uh, neurological disorders. So, for example, I use pharmacological inhibition of the sympathetic nervous system, uh, this part of the, uh, of the innervations between the gut and the brain, and also transaction of specific uh, nerves that innervate the gut in mice. And we also follow the microbiome changes in more uh, what now has become traditional ways, uh, such as metagenomics and 16S sequencing, accompanied by, by uh, metabolomics to profile the repertoire of uh, small molecules in a given uh, organ or uh, compartment of the body. And do you think you could describe some of your recent results and findings and their implications? I know you have gone through a general description in your essay. Yeah, so in, in my uh, current lab where I do my uh, second postdoc at Stanford, the lab of uh, Katrin Andreasen, the neurology department, uh, we discovered some very uh, exciting uh, new things. Uh, we found that following stroke, for example, in mice, there is a transient surge of the sympathetic nervous system that hits the gut, uh, originate from the brain injury. And this surge is uh, enhanced and prolonged in aged mice. Um, and stroke, as, as uh, known, is, um, more, um, is a more of a, a disease of an older individuals. Uh, but but uh, unfortunately studied less uh, from many technical reasons in aged mice. Uh, so this is very uh, interesting. Uh, and this sympathetic uh, 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 surge of uh, norepinephrine can potentially permit the gut barrier and expose uh, immune cells in the gut to bacterial products leading to intestinal immune activation that later uh, facilitates brain inflammation after stroke. So this, this non-specific sympathetic uh, reaction triggered by, by the brain injury is a novel finding that, that may occur 
also in other brain insults, such as traumatic brain injury and maybe uh, cancer, brain cancer. Uh, so this is definitely something that I would uh, uh, love to study in the future more deeply and to understand the mechanism at play. I see. And what challenges lie ahead to achieve some of the big goals of your research? I think it is still very, very challenging to establish causal relationship between changes observed in the microbiome and a given or a specific defined biological phenotype or biological phenomena or something that, that is clinically relevant uh, to human health. Uh, and therefore we must use a very, very diverse arsenal of tools to look at the phenomena uh, from many different angles, such as uh, uh, using uh, gnotobiotic mice or germ-free mice uh, together with uh, mice that have been treated with antibiotics and with different combinations of antibiotics, uh, monitoring uh, in vivo metabolic features, profiling the microbiome in several methods across multiple time points, and not only, uh, not, or not only in one time point, and control for many, many environmental factors that may affect uh, the microbiome. The microbiome is very flexible. It's, it's very, very easily and very fastly uh, changes uh, due to many environmental cues. And therefore, uh, it's challenging to find the changes that are really clinically relevant or might be uh, targeted to fight these uh, diseases. So there is now an effort uh, to standardize uh, microbiome studies but it's still very, very uh, far from being standardized across many different studies. And the results may also differ uh, between different uh, research. Okay, and the next question is uh, about the prize. I'm wondering why you decided to apply, how you went about writing the essay and what has been the response to the uh, publicity that you've received? Yeah, so I, I incidentally, found out about the prize and then I, I, I saw it and I, I, I mean, I, I realized that Noster and Science Microbiome Prize is, is a very highly uh, prestigious award. And I felt that I have a more global approach to present uh, regarding the role of the microbiome in, in brain sciences. And the main theme that uh, is that neuroscience is shifting now from studying just the, the diseased brain to a more uh, holistic approach, taking into account also biological changes that may happen far away from the brain, such as the gut. And, and it happened to be the perfect uh, platform to present uh, my ideas. And I'm, I'm very uh, grateful and happy uh, to be awarded this prize. And how did you go about writing your essay? What was the process? Yeah, so, so it took many iterations and of course uh, some friends and uh, colleagues helped, uh, uh, especially my, my spouse, uh, who's a, a great uh, uh, writer and uh, a native speaker, and uh, I, I'm grateful for her. I started by, by drafting my idea just from, from the heart, without filters. Uh, and then structure the essay and combine the description of my study, which is more technical. And once you have a general theme and a, like a take-home message, it is easier to make the text flow as every part should support the theme 
And the story is built from a group of, of scientific findings. Um, so th this is my uh, general approach. Just start by, by uh, saying what you have to say. And that would be the most important thing. Then the other parts should be stitched uh, and, and you need to make the text flow. But the most important part is the essence where the, the main idea uh, comes from. It took me a couple of hours, then I, I left it and I returned after a day or two and, and changed many, many things. So it's very important to make these, uh, these uh, stops, methodological stops, and then you come fresh and you see what you wrote and, and it looks different every time until it, it's perfect. Uh, and uh, the, the main uh, tip that I have, I think, is uh, that you need to find the story in your science and communicate it very, very clearly. Uh, you do not need to necessarily uh, mention every detail or, uh, for example, present the work in the chronological order it actually happened in real life. You need to have something to say uh, that will be sound through your work, through your, your essay. So, uh, and also do not fear uh, of big questions and, and challenging existing dogmas. So I think these are the three main um, things that lead me through these uh, writings, uh, writing tasks that I, I may want to share uh, with others. And what has been the response since you received this award? Yes, yes, I've been uh, invited to uh, two or three conferences that I intend to uh, participate in. Uh, and I'm, I'm really uh, grateful for all the positive uh, responses that I hear and get from people across uh, the globe. And uh, I encourage people to approach me and to write to me uh, both about, uh, it can be technical problems, scientific problems, uh, personal aspects of academic life, whatever. Uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity to exchange ideas, to meet new people. And I'm really, really uh, fortunate to have this uh, exposure. And how do you envisage uh, evolution of research on the microbiome? I'm just uh, hoping that uh, microbiome studies would uh, continue uh, this uh, a path of uh, being more and more mechanistic uh, rather than uh, uh, descriptive. I really like the idea that uh, uh, people are uh, joining together uh, different aspects of science, different uh, disciplines to support uh, uh, a role of specific bacteria and their products uh, and to connect things to disease and to human health. Um, and, and I'm sure and positive that uh, in, the, in the near future, we will also start to see some uh, therapeutics uh, approaches uh, yielding from these studies. This is a very exciting uh, period uh, to live in. And I'm, I'm really um, happy that uh, I have the opportunity to take part in this uh, journey. So I, I would like to really thank you and the audience for listening to us. And please feel free to approach me and, uh, and uh, exchange ideas.
This concludes this episode of the Microbiome Research Podcast. Further information about the podcast is available on the Microbiome Research X website. On behalf of the editors of the MRX website, thank you for joining us and we look forward to your company again.